Psychomedy is brought to you by ThreadUp, Manchester-based therapy that supports creativity. I'm Rafaela Nunes, the founder of ThreadUp and the counsellor supporting the creative community. Comedians and creatives in general can experience anxiety, depression, low moods, and this in turn can affect their creativity. One-to-one counselling can facilitate a safe space for creatives to explore any difficulties, to gain self-awareness, to develop strategies that work, and ultimately to create choices that are aligned with the natural creative flow. If you're in need of support, then please get in touch. Visit threadup.co.uk to book your counselling sessions at reduced rates when you quote Psychomedy. Psychomedy Daily Dose, the spin-off series of short episodes of Psychomedy during this time of near total shutdown of a live comedy circuit due to coronavirus. I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand-up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology, and every day now I'm going to be talking with a different comedian about the current situation, along with passing on some hopefully really helpful and positive strategies, coping mechanisms from the counselling professionals we partner with at threadup.co.uk. I'm hoping that by sharing experiences and some positivity with comedians, we can all get through this together in the best possible way. Joining me on Psychomedy Daily Dose today, it's Richard Vranch. Hello there. Hello. Hello. How are you, Richard? I'm doing very well. The sun is shining and it's very quiet outside. And if you pretended, it's just a very peaceful holiday resort. <laughs> Good. I should have been on holiday this week, actually. I should have been in a caravan in um, in Norwich. So maybe this is the better situation. I'm not sure. But, uh... Well, I, I should have been just setting off to avoid the uh, Good Friday traffic down to a campsite in my camper van. I'd have been doing just the same. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. It would have been a good week for it, actually, wouldn't it? But um... Oh, God, last Easter was great, too. So I was so pleased to see the weather looking nice this Easter, but it's not to be. Yeah, yeah. So what is your lockdown situation? Are you in London, are you? Yeah, I'm in uh, yeah. London. I'm very lucky because I've got a little garden and I've got a corner shop two minutes away, which has everything I need. So there isn't really any panic or problem. I've, I've got it very lucky, to be honest. Every day, I think, God, I'm, I'm really lucky here. Nice, nice. And do you have family in the house? or? No, it's just me. Um, yeah. And that is the tough bit. Uh, yeah. This business about isolation... I know for some people being isolated with their partner or family is very stressful because you're not used to spending that much time with each other. And indeed, some people are in, you know, dangerous situations. Yeah. But as it goes, I'm on my own and that's how it is. And as a performer, I'm used to spending lots of time on my own because I normally work in the evenings doing comedy shows. And oh. very often I go several days not seeing a soul between shows. So I'm kind of used to this. I, I've had the basic training. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard that from a from a few comedians that they're that they're used to being alone. So, so some people have said it's more of the same. But have you have you found any? Well, particular of course, it's not quite the same. It, yeah. It's not the same because yeah. if if you wanted, you could go to the park. If you wanted, you could go to the pub or yeah. the pictures or whatever. And that isn't a choice. And and not doing something because you have to be um, stuck inside is different from not doing it because <laughs> you choose to, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. It's a it's a little mental trick, isn't it? That uh, mm. maybe if we're doing exactly the same things, but we don't have the choice. 
Are you getting people um, asking for your your professional advice as a as a psychologist to people coming to you with with questions about all this stuff? I mean, I'd, I do talk to people, even when I'm talking to friends. It's nice to talk to them. You know, we really care about how each other are now. So if I can if I can help out in any way, then then I will. I mean, we we partner with a counselling service uh, thread up who are offering free check-ins so if someone was wanting to talk to someone really in depth then I'd divert people to them but um, yeah I mean naturally in the normal kind of psychomedy show uh, often it, uh, it gets to the end of the show and people turn to me and go oh that was amazing thank you so much and you know it's great to talk in that way because often we don't talk in in this way, do we? We don't talk in depth about how we are. We ask people how we are, but we don't really listen to the answer, or we don't really uh, talk in depth about how we are. That's right. I mean, it, as a kid, I never kind of picked this up, but when I was doing some theatre work for uh, English language learners, I only realised for the first time that in English, when you meet someone, you say "How are you?" and the answer mm. is "How are you?" <laughs> yeah. you, you? You're not really. It, expected to answer <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah it's also quite nice when one's old uh, sort of training comes in Lo- lots of people in showbiz uh, did some sort of training and probably at university is where they first got into doing performing as a hobby and it's very rarely that mine ever comes in useful but just occasionally it does and I, I do uh, chirp up on those occasions I was a physicist so it's yeah, kind no, of quite it's quite that. rare that that comes up but just occasionally it does. At the moment, this 5G thing is something people are talking a lot of rubbish about, the 5G mm. uh, conspiracies. I mean, it's just radio waves. They're quite powerful, but it's just radio waves. And uh, <laughs> yeah. if you understand about radio waves, you shouldn't be too worried about 5G. Yeah, absolutely. I don't understand where that came from. I mean, I don't look into any of that kind of stuff. But even even kind of close friends sometimes hints. It's like, oh, no, you should look at this video. And I'm like, people are... People are, I guess, naturally losing their way a little bit in this situation and believing things that they really shouldn't, you know. That's right. When the Internet came along, I I thought, great, information, information for everyone. I hadn't thought, oh, God, this information never occurred to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I saw you were a physicist uh, from the... uh... From the past, and you were a researcher briefly before you went into comedy, weren't you, at Oxford and Cambridge, is that right? Yeah, that's right. I, I did um, a degree and a PhD at Cambridge. Uh, yeah. I was very fortunate to be able to do that. And briefly, for nine months, I le- was a teacher, researcher at um, Oxford. But at that time, all of my colleagues I've been doing sort of student comedy with were starting to do it professionally. And I thought, well, if they can, I can. And this is the time to do it. I'll regret it if I don't. So yeah. in 1985, I... Uh, handed in my notice and, and never looked back yeah do you find yourself in these times uh, as you say kind of going back to that research and looking more into things i mean i've been looking at your twitter and you do you know tweet and comment about the kind of medical and physics side of this do you do you go back to it at all now well the great thing about physics is um a lot of the physics i learned is still true i mean electrons mm. haven't got heavier um <laughs> but but then also physics changes, you know, people come along with new discoveries and people say, oh, you're right. What we used to believe isn't true. This new evidence proves it right. And I quite like that evolving adaptive thing about science is that it's evidence based and it can change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the advice 
does change, doesn't it? And the advice did change, certainly before the lockdown. And people people get angry that they don't have one opinion. But I guess there are several opinions of how to deal with this situation. And not necessarily one is right and one is wrong. Yeah, the, a good source of material generally, I think, is a, a weekly thing called New Scientist magazine. Now, it's mm. not cheap, though I think some of it is online, but they really do go into some depth, but they keep it accessible. It's very readable. You don't need to be a, a boffin to understand it. Yeah. Have you had any thoughts of uh, how the world can deal with this better next time? I'm asking well, you as if you're the saviour, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Save up next time. Surely you've thought about yeah. this. I was a terrible goalkeeper, but the, the um, I don't know. I everyone's feeling very uh, kind and friendly towards each other, and we're, we're yeah. clapping the important people who aren't the the big people. You know, the people who very recently were low skilled or low paid are now the most important people, which some of us thought all along. But I hope that this. Um, this, this good feeling we have towards each other as people continues and that when the starting pistol goes and everyone rushes out onto the streets, people aren't just barging each other up the way to get to the shelves. I mean, I really hope that this spirit uh, continues once we're all out. Yes, I'm hopeful. I mean, I, I usually talk to people in a nice kind of in-depth loving way, but I've noticed <laughs> that other people have started to do that as well. Even people that I'd usually like banter with have stopped that and have said, I really look forward to seeing you and are talking in a more kind of loving way. I, I am hopeful for that regard. Yeah. Nice. So many people, and I do remember you as the improvising pianist from Whose Line Is It Anyway? So yeah. I, I picture you with your piano um, improvising <laughs> songs in your in your house. Is that right? Are you still playing piano in your house? Do you I, have a lovely piano in your house? And... Uh, I do not. Oh. I, I never play music. I've never called myself a musician or made a living from it now this is going to sound really weird but um at university i kind of got together in a double act with tony slattery and then i did do the sort of musical direction for the footlights back in sort of 82 but i've never really been a very good musician i can't read music but what i do have is a is a good comedic mind i'm you know i make a living doing comedy and if you're going to do a bit of music in a comedy show, the timing of it is really important. Being a virtuoso musician doesn't matter. And on whose line? I'm basically playing three chords. But as an improvising comedian, <laughs> I know when those three chords should come in. And I've got to keep it simple so that no one's alienated by the um, detailed cleverness of my Stravinsky impersonation. No, no, it's country and western. It's three chords. Really, I could teach anyone to do any of the music that was improvised on whose line. In 10 minutes and I kept <laughs> saying to my agent oh you know I'm really frustrated here I'd like to actually do the games that's what I do I'm a comic mm -hmm. and it always said all oh, next season they promised you can you can do the games if you do this season and I believed him I now realize it was not true so I ended up doing it and did very well out of it but, but as the old joke goes you fuck one sheep um, <laughs> well you know the joke that's good <laughs> people will have to google that but um, but uh, yeah so it's it's been an interesting platform. Funnily enough, people say, "Oh, at the comedy store, oh Richard, you, you're doing the improvisation. Why didn't you do the games on the telly?" Well, a good question. Uh, and also, <laughs> people are very complimentary. They say, "Well, you, you, you're you're as good as all the others on stage," and that's really nice that that you bring something. It's a nice surprise when people see me 
uh, on stage doing the, doing the comedy and people are always terribly nice about it so so i'm very lucky yeah yeah god that's interesting three chords because i'm learning piano at the moment i'm doing my grade oh. six at the moment so um I've, grade I've just six seen... yes I, I, I failed grade two <laughs> yeah. yeah i've got more time now of course i've got more time yeah. to yeah to do this so yeah interesting to hear i've got to listen back on all those old episodes and what, hear what three chords they were presumably c and f and um, yeah a g sometimes <laughs> elton john style yeah 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 and I've, I've been training up with showstoppers doing their doing their courses i don't know whether you know their pianist duncan walsh atkins and jordan clark they're like amazing oh, god they're amazing pianists. Yeah, now, those yeah. are proper musicians. There's so many good people around now yeah. doing the improvised music, and they really know their stuff. They're pro they're proper West End Wendy's, you know. Yeah. So if you're not playing piano, as I visualised um, every day, what do you do anything particularly for kind of mental health? I mean, I find piano really good for my mental health. It allows me to forget about what's going on in the world for an hour or however long I'm playing it. Do you do anything like that? Or that's very interesting, actually. Mm. Um, I think. Music has been detrimental to my mental health oh, because wow. of the association, the frustration of the association uh, of meeting people and say, oh, yeah, so you play the piano for the comedy store players, do you? Oh. And that really hurts me because, no, I'm one of the comedy store players and you'll see me on stage as much as anyone, you know, possibly with Kirsty or Steve Edis sat at the side doing the music. So weirdly, oh. music for me has caused probably... Uh, more mental health problems um oh. what i do to uh relax is i just love the outdoors i've always loved camping i mentioned that i've got a, a camper van which when this is over i'll be straight out in that i love the outdoors i love the countryside uh, i love traveling i love meeting people um all the things you can't do at the moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I'm, I'm also terribly lazy i mean i I really appreciate watching good comedy, well-written, well-performed comedy. And there's so much good stuff out there. You know, the new Friday night dinners are brilliant and inside number nines and a million other things uh. that, that we've, we've had. I think people talk about golden ages of comedy and they're talking about a few sitcoms that have lasted because they weren't wiped by the BBC. Uh, this really is the golden age, I think. And I absolutely love watching brilliant stuff by, you know, people I know and thinking, uh, well done. Yeah. Uh, God, inside number nine, yeah, and that's a way to pass a couple of days brilliantly. Inside it's, number nine, it's staggering, and also mm. the, the the problem that sitcoms have, which is you know the difficult first episode where you've got to set everything up just like it's going to be. They have to do that every time. Mm. Extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, incredible. And are you missing the buzz of the comedy store players? Yeah, I mean it's every Wednesday and every Sunday, and we've yeah. been going since nineteen. 85 are in the Guinness World Records as the longest running comedy show in the world with the same cast. Obviously, mm. there are things there are things like Second City and Footlights that go back a long time, but the cast changes every every year or so. But we've been going all that time. I began in 86 and a Wednesday and a Sunday night really gives my week some structure and it's social and we get paid. And it's also very therapeutic to stand on stage and someone shouts, you know, OK, you're an aubergine. And for the next few minutes, you're an aubergine. <laughs> it's really good. It, it, it's um, such a good thing to be able to do. And also because you're so much in the moment, you kind of forget it. And when you get reminded about some of the stuff you've done, you've got no idea what you've done. So it's a kind of a trance state to be in. And I think that's very good for the soul, very good for the brain. And I'm missing that for all those reasons, the structure, the the uh, the outlet of, of weirdness and obviously you know the job so um so that's 
that's what I'm missing. Yeah, you do need that outlet. Do you do you stay in touch with any of those guys or your other friends, you know, via Zoom or anything else? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we had a Zoom meeting uh, uh, last week, which was hilarious. Uh, and, <laughs> and, um, and also, it, it, I think people are giving a ring to the people they haven't done done that for months and I think there is a kind of remote connection going on and people are getting used to those little boxes on the screen it's amazingly how quickly we get used to stuff and I think that I think that's why we do so well as people we get used to the the good times and the bad times and we get through and this is one of the bad times absolutely absolutely let's hope it's over in a couple of weeks I'm optimistic I'm optimistic Oh, good. Well, I, I admire your optimism. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's going to be a while. Did you have Edinburgh plans or plans that have gone kind of? In a yeah, few I did. Yeah. I was going to possibly take a solo thing. And also oh. Paul, Paul Merton's Impro Chums. But I've done Edinburgh. I've missed a couple of years, but I've done it since 79. So mm. this was going to be my sixth calendar decade. So I'll have to wait till next year for that. Oh, well, 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 there's a chance that we can still get up there and do some things. But yes, not the same. The solo thing, that that sounds exciting. Yeah, um, it was a show that I sort of cancelled last year. Uh, it was a show about doing the doing the fringe for 40 years and being 60. So it's going to be called 60-40, which is generally the oh, split nice. you get from the venues. Um, but <laughs> nice. but, uh, but um, that still might happen, except oh. some of that material was... Material maybe I should um, put out to pasture because I should be looking forwards rather than back, I suppose. Oh no, but that sounds that sounds great. That sounds great. Um, gods, you know, all these things. Just look forward to seeing them so much when oh, this I is think, all over. That's right. I mean, I think next year in Edinburgh it's going to be brilliant because everyone's had two years to get their stuff. Yeah, it's it's going to be really fantastic. Absolutely. Well, that's something to look forward to. Uh, Richard, thank you so much for coming on this. I mean, what a what a, what a pleasure. What an honour to have you on. You know, uh, who's on is it anyway? I'm sure people of my age, a lot of uh, comedians will say this, but it's one of the shows that, uh, you know, inspired me to do comedy. And uh, uh, and it's yeah. an honour for me to be here uh, on, on your uh, birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yes. An honour all rounds. Lovely to have you on, Richard. That's uh, it's it's so good to chat to you. Thank you and so you much. Too. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Lots of love. The amazing Richard Branch there. My goodness. I'll remember this birthday for a few reasons, but hopefully in years to come, I'll look back at uh, with much fondness of that conversation with Richard. Uh, how lovely to. Have him on. So I mentioned a few things there in that conversation. I mentioned the brilliant Showstoppers team. So the pianist there, Duncan and Jordan. But one of the teachers, one of the players in Showstoppers, Andrew Pugsley, is doing this brilliant improvised show on Fridays at 8pm on Facebook Live. I think he's going to continue doing them. They've been absolutely fantastic up to now, so check that out. He's had special guests from Showstoppers and other... So from the Comedy Store players, uh, Rachel Paris from The Mash Report. I think she was on it last week. So check that out. Facebook Live, Andrew Pugsley, Isolation. And check out everything that Showstoppers are doing. I've seen some brilliant stuff from Showstoppers with Elaine Page and others. And if you fancy seeing me doing a little bit of silly improvising and a bit of C, F and G chords, go on my Facebook, Nathan Cassidy Comedian, and on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock I'll be doing some very silly Elton John-style singing, improvising thing 
thing. And check out Richard Ranch on Twitter, at Richard Ranch. He's putting out some great clips from the Comedy Store players. I can't wait to uh, get down there again after this is all over. So thank you very much. That is our show for today. Join us again next time on Psychomedy Daily Dose tomorrow. Please listen back on all the daily shows, all the main shows. Please give us a five-star review. Psychomedy is produced by Mike Hansen at Pop People Productions. Check out psychomedy.co.uk. There's mental health tips there from our counselling partners that I mentioned, threadup.co.uk. And check out their Twitter at threadup underscore for details of their next check-ins. If anyone needs a chat with a mental health professional, and if you do have any spare cash after giving it to anyone more worthy, you can go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash nathancasty or ko-fi.com slash nathancasty and you can donate to this podcast and what I'm doing. Lots of love to you all. Thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy, stay positive and tune back in for more Psych Comedy Daily Dose tomorrow. Pod people.